You are listening to the Talking Tough Podcast, the world's toughest men and women at their most vulnerable. Their stories of triumph, their falls from grace, and their climb back to the top, to life. This is Rick Bassman here for Talking Tough on the Podcast One Network. And we are live on Talking Tough. And uh, I'm joined by my good friends and my co-host, Butterbean. And I always love to see Butterbean, man. It puts a smile on my face every time I see Butterbean. And then uh, rejoining us, we've been missing our compatriot for the past two weeks. And uh, I know he's been missing the show. So extra special effort all the way live from Holland, Boss Rutten. (laughs) Awesome to see y'all back. Yeah, man, I'm happy to uh, that, that, that I told you guys, let's do it at noon, you know, so here in America, they can also see it now, which is nice, also in America, in Holland, because we're nine hours ahead, yep. and, uh, and then the whole world, actually, most, most of them can actually watch the show now, so that's the good part about it. Yeah, we're all over the place, that's great, boss, I'm 10 a.m. here in, in Hawaii, Butterbean is uh, 2 p.m. in Alabama, so mm-hmm. we're, uh, we're spread across the world, but you're right, in good time zones. So I like the time. Time zone, yeah, yeah. I, I like this too. What is what? Your three hours before, you're like nine a.m. Right with you? Actually, right now it's ten. Um, here, here's a piece of uh, useless trivia: Hawaii and Arizona are the only two states in the U.S. where the time never changes. So, sometimes of the year we'd be two hours behind California. Other times we're three hours behind. So it's a little confusing. That's They're right. actually talking about doing the same thing here in Alabama. Ah, no, no time change during the year. Yeah, it's yeah, easy for us. Exactly. Sorry, no, it's exactly mix it up. You know, I mean, but just stay the same every time. The hour ahead, hour back. I don't need it. It's confusing. You yeah. ever uh, you ever talk to people in India or Sri Lanka? Do you know that their time is on the half hour? Jeez, I didn't know that. Yes, like if it's a. Uh, 10 a.m. 10 a.m. here. It'd be 9:30 p.m. in India. How's that for messing you up? Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> more that's, more useless trivia. That's for sure. It makes no sense at all, right? I mean, well, actually, it should because with the time differences. But that's really freaking weird. Guys, um, I got a really heart wrenching uh, voicemail, voice memo, uh, the night before last from Flex. I don't know if you guys have. Um, heard from him or not i know you correspond but uh man it was um like i said it was heart-wrenching he's in the hospital he's in rough rough shape he's in really bad shape um he's missing the show he wants to do it he's in no honest to god he's in no shape to do it so i just thought it'd be good for us to you know put a good word out for our uh i'm not gonna say fallen comrade because this motherfucker's strong he'll be back but um Maybe a good thought and word for Flex, for sure. Yeah, well, 100%. I had no clue. I had no clue because I'm sitting over here and I didn't read anything. Also, in the group text, I didn't. So, uh, yeah, I will send, I'm actually sending him a message right now. Okay, good, <laughs> good. That's great, man. Yeah, may, maybe we can all try to call him in the hospital or something like that later if that works out. Yeah, that would be funny. That would be very funny. Good. And the next week. That would be great, actually. No, boss, remember uh, when you and I made that call to Chris Balsam in London when he was having uh, having some yep. trouble and hurting? Yep. It's nice yep. to be able to do that for our friends. 
So, you know, uh, it's been, yeah, that's, you know, we, we've been doing this kind of between us without sending it out. Remember, we, that was the first thing we did. We just had conversations on Wednesday evening and then we go like, hey, maybe we should just stream it so people can actually listen in. Hey, well, people like it. But positivity, you know, that's what we're trying to do and helping people. What a great concept that is, right? It's well, how, how's your trip been going, boss? My what is going? How's your trip? My trip is going well, you know. Um, yeah, I had a really great time. Um, I was in uh, for karate combat. I was doing a show here in Europe. Uh, that went well. And then from here out there, I moved, flew to uh, Holland. And immediately had my buddy. I, I, okay, so this guy who helps, he visits my dad as well. And he, said, he used to be a student of mine. He was six years old when he came into my class. And I was 21 or so. And over the he's been my friend forever. So, and then he always has the great, uh, being a great person, picking me up. He's like driving Miss Daisy, and I'm Miss Daisy. So that's what he's doing now. And he's an awesome guy, man. Also, the way he helps my dad out is really good because he sits by himself. My mom is in a special place now because she had a stroke. You know, so it's a little hard. We're traveling all the time before that, between that and then my, my, my grandson and uh, daughter uh, and my ex and everybody that we have a really good relationship. It's all back to normal what it was. So that's really great. Best friends again. So, yeah, man, I'm really enjoying it. I, I annoyed him a little bit because I bought an, uh, a remote control car that makes a lot of noise, and I bought a robot that can dance for him. <laughs> even more noise. So every time when I'm gone, it's like the freaking thing is going with the car. And the robot starts dancing. Very loud music. It's hilarious. So uh, oh, at least you got to make a video of you dancing with the robot and post that thing, man. That would be awesome. Yeah. That would be YouTube mode right there. <laughs> Bean, what's going on with you, man? It's always I always love seeing you. Like I was saying before we went live here, um, it's always it's so great to see you, man. What's happening? Not a lot right now. Just trying to get everything situated before I start doing the the shoot with Dallas Dallas next month. Oh wow! So I'm just trying to get everything lined up before I take off to Atlanta for three months. Yeah, boss. Did you know that Bean is going? That Bean got confirmed for that reality show, and that he's going to oh, be. Okay, that's uh, what happened. Jeez, that's so cool, right? But I'm, I'm excited. It, it sounds sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, uh, I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's important that you you like it. This is important, but uh, it, it sounds like a freaking challenge as well. So that could be good. I think that's a, you know the biggest thing is getting around to getting mobile again. That's that's the main thing. You know, and, yeah, and for people yeah. out there that, that don't know about this, and, and I know our two guests are backstage listening as well. Yeah. So Butterbean, you know, one, one of one of the greatest icons of all time, one of the greatest combat sports icons of all time, has been having some after-career physical challenges, like so many do. Yeah. And uh, he is united with Diamond Dallas Page, who is putting a new reality show on the air about really transforming people from top to bottom. And... Uh, Butterbean is going to be a victim of Diamond Dallas Page, man. I can hardly wait to see it. I think it's going to be the greatest thing of all time. I really do. It should be interesting. Yeah, and it's a very smart thing that he, he got you because you're going to get a lot of people watching. I guarantee you that. You know, and everything you're going through, you're so open. You know, you don't care. You say anything, you know, if it's to help people. <laughs> people gravitate towards that because sometimes the, the stuff that comes out of your mouth even shocks me. <laughs> My mouth works faster than my brain. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, man. At, at the risk of sounding too uh, promoter-ish, 
I think Bean and Paige together are to be magic. I really do. That's a uh, that's a TV show that I'm looking. I I hate reality television. I don't dislike reality television. I hate reality television, and I'm looking forward to watching this show. This well, if, if it, if it's a stage type reality, I don't like it. But if they just film what happens, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, hopefully, this is what this is. Yep, it will be. So, so guys, we have um. We have two amazing guests on today, and and boss, I know you you know these guys. Yeah, um, I felt like I feel like I know every superstar from mixed martial arts, and oddly enough, I have never met either of these gentlemen other than exchanging some messages. I'm excited about this. These these guys, first of all, they are fellow countrymen, of course, but talk about two of the like biggest animals and and legends in mixed martial arts history, and and for fun. Fans out there, fellow fans like myself, go look up these guys' records. I mean, talk about fighting the who's who on planet Earth. Wow, yeah. amazing stuff. But, boss, you know them as humans and individuals, which I don't yet. And Ian, I don't right. think you know them either. <laughs> no, I don't. Well, let's let's first start with the guy who was probably, at the time when he fought Mark Hunt, be like 30 pounds at least liner. We can ask him on the show. And who knocked out Mark Hunt. So I think that should say everything right away from the get-go. This guy who had 32 wins with 29 knockouts from those wins. Only three went to a decision. If he hits, you know it's simple, like Ivan Drago. Whatever he hits, he destroys. You know, when they talk about him, that's this guy. I mean, he had some crazy fights, just insane. And for every person, yeah, well, every mixed martial artist knows this person, of course. Melvin Monhoof, I'm talking about him. If you do not, you know, if you're on this and you're not a big much martial arts fan, Melvin Monhoof, his name will probably pop on the screen in a little bit. We show you and go to YouTube and start Googling around and uh, you're going to see the most insane knockouts. Now, the other guy, Giga Musashi, I always been very, um, I identify with him a lot because he was the guy also at a certain point, you know, had exactly the same record, like the 13 submissions, 13 knockouts. And now it starts going because he just likes knocking people out. Now it's, I think, 27 and 12, you know, but this is a mixed martial artist who, you know, knows both ways. So you, you give him a little space on the bottom, he will submit you. And you give him a little space on top, he will knock you out. Giga Musashi, really great guy. I had the pleasure of having him at my gym as well many years ago, I think like eight or nine years ago. And uh, just an all-around really good guy. You know, they always talk about, um, like Melvin, he, he promotes himself. He talks, he's promoting. And Gegard doesn't have that. Gegard doesn't want that. He doesn't like to talk crap. He doesn't like to do He says, I'll do my fighting there, like every fighter says, but then they don't do it. Well, this guy actually does it. So I think from 57 fights, eight or nine only decisions. At this rest, it's all finishes. So both these guys have them simultaneously to the show. Man, it's going to be a really great evening. So uh, people get ready. Because here we have Melvin Monhoof and Giga Musashi. Awesome. It would have been great if that so lives in at the same time. There we go. Hey, <laughs> how are you guys? Doing good. How are you doing, my friend? Doing good, man. Doing good. We're still doing waiting good. for Giga. Hello. That's all my Dutch language. Hello. It's nice Hello. to meet you, my friend. Nice yeah. to meet you. Good little tongue. <laughs> That's what's all called. We're, looking for, uh, we're looking for Gigard. Is uh, yeah. hopefully we don't have. Uh, oh, yeah, here he is. Oh, yes. Thanks yeah. for having me. Thanks, boss, for the nice introduction. <laughs> yeah, it was Thank very you. good one. You're welcome. I mean, I was there when you uh, when, when Monofa, you uh, uh, knocked out uh, freaking Mark Hunt. 
You know, and yeah. then you, uh, Jacques Array, you freaking triangle choked him, uh, Gegard. Yeah, I mean, it was a Grand Prix tournament final. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's a guy who's phenomenal on the ground. And the way he did it, he let him trip a little bit. And he fell back us and immediately slapped a freaking triangle choke on. Like the whole world is shocked because we're this we come from a kickboxing country and then they start submitting people. So that's always a nice surprise. Yeah, <laughs> really. That's I think awesome. uh, I think I think Gegert was one of the guys who uh, who fought me and who really like put me on fire. That he won a stand and traded me, and he like really. <laughs> He, he 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 surprised me with 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 that and yeah man he was a phenomenal fight you know uh, also what you said boss I think in in Holland he is like one of the the greatest at least at the moment and I think he has achieved the most of things and, and just what you said because he didn't talk a lot you know I like to talk so I'm gonna talk for him that I think he's like one of the best he's like one of the best fighters of. Of Holland, I think the best one that we got, you know, and uh, I think he did. I think he deserves really much more credit than he already got, but loads more. So, then, yeah, you thank know. you, thank you, yeah, Melvin. You know, the, the, the thing was with Melvin, um, the story behind uh, I challenged Melvin, but uh, back then you had this uh, mixed fight forum, and uh, I was upcoming guy, and no one was giving me credit, so uh, I thought, well. It was me, Melvin, and Jordan Radoff at uh, middleweight uh, from Holland. So I thought, okay, I'm going to challenge Melvin. <laughs> and then they gave me uh, in the Grand Prix uh, half final, they gave it to me. And then um, I didn't tell him, but I was having sleepless nights because I had to face him. I was like, why did I challenge this guy? Because he was knocking out everybody. Everybody. I, would, I, I couldn't sleep. I, was, I, was, I thought, what the fuck? He's going to embarrass me in front of the world. And, uh, yeah, but in the fight, it went well. But uh, I have tremendous respect for Melvin. Uh, you know, it was more of a competition. <laughs> yeah, yeah. misbehaved a little bit. But uh, always a great respect for Melvin. Yeah. And um, so one of the greatest fighters uh, of Holland. Uh, always put a spectacular shows. And uh, from a, for a small country, if you produce uh, many great fighters. Yeah, it is. We're really uh, amazing with Holland. Everybody's asking what's in the water, you know, because uh, somehow, and especially the striking of the Dutch, I mean, we just go all the way back, you know, Ernesto Oost and, and Rob Kahneman and Milwell Goebbeli and all the... All those guys, they were destroyed. I went to the Yap Hall. This is a big place in Holland. In the, in the past, they used to have these fights. I was a big fan of Rob Cameron. I jumped on this to make a picture of him. And there was this one moment that they had to fight four world titles against four ties, the best ties. <clears throat> and all the ties got knocked out. And they had a live stream to, 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 to Thailand. And they exactly. all and that, that's, that never happened again. After that, I can tell you that. <laughs> So that that would have been something to see. Well, guys, I just want to say from from a fan perspective, you know, I've been a promoter and a manager forever. And like I said, I feel like I know everybody and I'm friends with everybody. I feel like a big fan today. This is so cool. And I hope you don't mind when I introduced when I started the introduction. I called you both animals. I hope you don't mind. But <laughs> it's like, you know, I, called, I called you legends. So it makes up for it. Maybe. <laughs> you, you guys, your your records. Wow. It's like. Gagard, we spoke once on the phone, and and Bean, I had to say to him, I go, wow, I'm going to sound like a fan now, but I looked up your record, and I said, it, in my opinion, it's the most impressive list of opponents 
in the history of the game. So, like, we know that, that you're pretty quiet. You're not a promoter. Have you have you chosen consciously, like, not to go out and say, look who I am, look what I've done, that's not your way? Well, I was, uh, you know, in, in Japan was more you come, you fight, you get paid, you go home. Uh, um, I started at later age. I realized it's first entertainment. And then it's sports. It's not like the Olympics where judo or uh, wrestling. It's first it's entertainment with MMA, boxing. And uh, so I realized that a little bit late in my career. So I earned a little bit less. <laughs> but uh, I'm, I'm a little bit more open. Uh, I show a little bit more of myself. Uh, you know, for me to go from always being quiet to suddenly being a showman, it wouldn't be authentic. People would yeah. go just see through me, you know. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, I'm just trying to be me and uh, let the fighting do the talking, you know. Work for Peter, right? So uh, he doesn't say a lot. I remember I was I wasn't the same as well, but then you know they were really talking me for to to fight for the title. And once I start speaking up during interviews because I won like twelve in a row and they still didn't give me a title shot, and then I suddenly started becoming vocal. And what do you know? Within two fights, I had my title shot. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it does work, you know, you have to do it. And, you know, there's a way to do it, you know, as long as you don't attack the religion, you don't attack the family, then pretty much anything is on, you know, but I would always say keep it respectful. You know, if you do trash talking without the profanity, for instance, you're still trash talking. I think it clicks a little bit cleaner than to constantly on dropping F-bombs and this every guy is laughing the whole time. And it takes a little bit of the power away to me. The, the, the guys who do it's it. Definitely, definitely classier if you do it without the vulgar. But that's the thing, you know. It's, it's you don't you don't need to do it. Uh, but uh, hey, more people start doing it now, thankfully, and uh, doing it in a good way. I think Conor McGregor, while Chael Sonnen started with it, I think you know he was a big talker. He talked himself all the way to the top against Anderson Silva. He got that fight, which he, by the way, yeah. really won. Remember that? Only at the last minute, he got slapped as a triangle choke. But so, it, it I I think it's also that. Um, people who want to trash talk and you know you have to be a person for it you understand because it's very also putting like a lot of pressure on yourself because if you talk the talk you have to walk the walk you understand so you know and some people can handle the pressure and, and doing it well and i think that uh, mcgregor is like doing it well when he talks he does what he does but not always but you know this is how it is you know it's it's it's, it's always a chance you know what you take so uh but i i, I don't I can talk and make some fun, but not too much. <laughs> yeah, but you don't need also. It is so freaking great. I remember 2005 or six, I think, Evangelista Santos, when you fought him. Yeah. They were calling me from England. And they said, this freaking guy, I mean, there was a war. And I think you knocked him out in the second round. Yeah, second round. Yeah, I second round, yeah. But I mean, he freaking kept gunning as well. So, and everybody was talking about that fight. And when you see the fight, you go, okay. No. Yeah. yeah, that fight was really awesome, man. That is, I think that is one of the greatest fights uh, uh, that I have delivered, you know. Yeah. And for, for my... Uh, if I have to do uh, 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 fight more, then uh, I want to finish it like that one because these yeah. are our fights that go into the box like fight of the century, man. These were like yeah. awesome fight. Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. So that's that's the fight you're the most proud of. What's the fight you're the least proud of? The fight of Musashi. No, <laughs> no, no. no. Uh, the least yeah. proud. 
You know, I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, that made me like to do it again, to, you know, to make up for how it turned out. Even though if you won or lost, we'd like to do it again to, to show. No, 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 no. I don't like to do it again with him anymore. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, man. I'm going to excuse for that one. No, um, I think uh, the fight that now is like a little bit that I thought. I think maybe the last fight about uh, against Corey Anderson, my last fight. Um, uh, I think that fight would be, if I could do that over again, I would do it different. I don't know what happened, you know, and there was no crowd. It was like very awkward when I was walking in. I think in that fight, I trained so hard and I was like in the best shape of, I think, in all my career, I think, you know, and yeah. I couldn't expect uh, that, I, that I lost the fight. Yeah, I know that it was good, but... You know, I didn't expect that I'm going to lose the fight on, on this way. And uh, that's, that's a fight that I would do over gladly. But, you know, it is it is also time to come and the time to go because, you know, it's the, yeah. the time sticking with age, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so. And yours? Uh, wait, you're 45 now? Yeah, I'm 45. I'm 45. I'm 45. What? You know, Gegard's fight. What what is your fight that you don't like the most? I think the second time against Jokra, I feel like I performed the worst. Uh, that was the worst fight that I had. You know, I lost to Mushida and uh, like Uriah Hall. Those fights, those like, you know, there were you know he caught me with a kick. The other guy was just better technically on the stand up. I wasn't at his level. But Jokre, it was just, uh, I don't know what, uh, I, I, that was one of the worst performances of my life. So uh, that's yeah. why that, uh, that was the worst. Yeah. And did you guys have this also? I was one time, I was super calm. Like I had zero nerves. And I thought I was going to clean the guy up and that was the fight I lost. Did you guys ever have an experience like that? You come in and you go like, man, I'm so relaxed. I don't feel any tension whatsoever. It was like almost not real. And then I thought, oh, I'm just going to slaughter this guy. And then a minute later, I'm locked in a freaking knee bar. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah. yeah so, so, uh, sometimes I had that too, you know. Some, but uh, a little bit nerve is good for you. Uh, against uh, like uh, uh, my fight against Jardine, I was like, I'm gonna kill this guy. I was like, uh, I beat him also. I, I beat him well, you know. Uh, they give me a draw uh, just yeah. because of point deduction. I felt like three rounds I was beating him up, but. I thought I'm gonna go through him, but yeah. uh, he gave me a run for my money, you know. So it's always uh, fights that you uh, like. I had tough fights uh, like uh, Melvin, Jacare, uh, Mark Hunt. Some fights, Dan Henderson, guys that I thought, wow, this guy's gonna give me a lot of trouble, and then I was able to win very quickly. And then some guys that not so uh, very high ranked, they, you know, they gave me a very tough time. You know, it's you never know. Fighting is like. Uh, uh, one day, it's it's crazy. Every fight is different, so that's why sometimes nerves are good. Sometimes uh, you never know. That's the problem. Yeah, that's a fighting game, you know. And for me, instead, it's like uh, when I train very good, really good, and everything is on point. You know, the end is never on point. But yeah. when I have like a training camp, and everything go wrong, and got my knee injured, got something out of my knee, I have to do this and go to the doctors. And I think, okay, we cannot fight one week before the fight. 
and then uh, we go, and, yeah, and then we still win, and then we knock people out, you know. And sometimes, yeah. just what you say, but I always said to Mike, "Yo, Mike, I don't feel nothing, man. Is there something wrong? Uh, isn't it good, or what is happening?" And he said, uh, "Always, Mike is always like the quotes, you know." He said, "That's because." You made your homework very good, so you don't have to be nervous. <laughs> you know, he had all he has all the answers for me. And that moment when you get like, uh, yeah. how you say this? Get yeah, thinking about or trying to get doubts in your mind because this yeah, is what yeah. it is. And then he was talking away from me, you know, on the good and the right moment. So, you know, uh, I think the best fights I win uh, when there was like injuries or something like that, man. <laughs> Uh, I can give you like a story about uh, the fight against uh, that was like uh, the tournament or uh, the Dreams tournament. In uh, the moment I had a fight against Remy Boyanski, and I fought him in the Amsterdam Arena, and I was like a little bit uh, a little bit pissed on him because he was he has having a book a book uh, release and he he said something about me in the book. So okay, I was pissed. I did the fight, but I was so pissed that I go in the fight with a lot of aggression. Yeah. And really, he knocked me like six times. He knocked me down, broke my teeth with a, with a high kick. But I was, I wanted to kill him, you know. Yeah. And after the fight, I was, I was ready. <clears throat> then we went to the to the dressing room. I was sitting talking, and then I feel a little bit weird. Okay, but that was like the tournament of the dreams. That was like two weeks later or something like that. And um, I go to the hospital because I was there in the dressing room and I fainted. And I went to the hospital and they had like two liters blood in my lungs because he was kicking me so hard and everything was bruised. So what did they do? They drained me, get the blood out. I was like for six days in the hospital. And then I said to Mike, Mike, yeah, okay, so we have to have, uh, we have to cancel the the dream tournament because I, I was fighting Kim Do You or something like this, and this is like the the quarterfinal to get to uh, the final four, you know. And I said, okay, then we have to miss this fight. And then Mike said, no man, we're gonna fight. And I had like my surgery just like one two days. I was out of the hospital, and I go immediately in the plane. Uh, to 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 Japan, and uh, I had to cut like the 12 kilos or something like this, and I couldn't really walk very good and everything. But he said, "No man, we're gonna fight." And I said, "Mike, is it really good that we're gonna do that?" He said, "Listen," he said, "Listen, this is what fighters do; they fight. So you can talk, you can breathe. So we have to fight." So, and then I said, "Okay, we did the fight now." In the fight, I've got a question in, for all four of you guys, whoever wants to take it. Like watching UFC last week yeah, and Nagano. Let him finish the thing. Let him finish the story. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I yeah, thought yeah. it was. I'm sorry. Yeah, and 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 then then I had to go to the fight. I'm gonna wrap it up. And then I go to the fight. So Mike put some 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 black tape on on the on the stitches. So when I had to do like this, and the, the ref was checking me, you know. They didn't see nothing. In the fight, the first thing what the guy did is get the underhook against the stitches. Bang! You know, so I oh, fuck. He threw me on the ground. And I was, like, lying there for, like, one minute. 
And I said, oh, fuck, what is going to happen now? And then in one moment, I had an explosion. Oh, you oh. shot. Oh, sorry. Oh, yeah, no, you did. Yeah. Um, and in one minute, I turned the guy. I came on top. And then I said, okay, this is my chance, man. And I banged him with two or three, gave him a knee, and, and the fight was finished. <laughs> yeah. And I won the fight. And afterwards, Mike said, listen, Mel, this is how we have to do. Because if I if he didn't win, I will get a shitload of things uh, about people going to talk about me. But now you win the fight, and I, I could participate in the in the final. And make some money, get some more things. I said, yeah, this is how the fighting business is, man. So yeah. this was like a, a, a little heavy story, I think, uh, what we yeah. did, but it was, a, we did it very good at the moment. Yeah. Wow, man. Straight from the hospital, with the stitches still in there. Yeah, really, man. Hey, yeah. by the way, I'm thinking, you knocked out Mark Hunt and you submitted Mark Hunt. Yeah. So yeah. he doesn't like the Dutch now, you know? <laughs> Mark, you know, when I fought Mark Hunt, he was also one of those guys that I couldn't sleep late at night. You know, he was 100, 280 pounds. I was like 210. Yeah. And, uh, there was no weight limit. And then, uh, but uh, one of those fights that I thought this guy, if don't take him down, he's going to kill me. But yeah. uh, I did one pound trip. And then uh, because he was so heavy, he felt like a turtle. You know, <laughs> I could have controlled him all night. It was actually yeah. one of the easy fights. But yeah, the problem was to get him on the ground. Luckily, I got him in um, in, uh, in ten seconds or something. And then uh, okay, right? submission was uh, actually very easy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> probably the only person I've ever heard Mark say Mark Hunt was an easy fight. That's probably the only person I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah. but if he's on his back, it's easy. But uh, other than that, <laughs> it's not that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Man, crazy. And what were you saying, uh, Rick, before? You were going over a question? Yeah, I apologize for the interruption, guys. Boston, Boston Butterbean will tell you, I live in Hawaii, and the connection sometimes isn't good here. So I, I thought you had finished, and I apologize for that. That's a, it's an amazing no problem, story. No problem. It's okay. So my question's along those lines, and it's for all four of you guys, whoever wants to take it. Last week when Naganu fought Gane, he apparently fought with a torn ACL, and – People that have not been around the sport have a very hard time wrapping their head around going into a fight with a serious injury and not only going into it, but winning the fight. So one thing I always wonder, you go in Melbourne, the type of injury that you've had, boss and being in Gagard with the injuries you guys have had, once the bell rings, do, do those go away or is it a constant factor in the fight? No, it disappears. To me, it disappears. Like all the pains, it's like everything is suddenly gone. You, you need to focus. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, thankfully. Because if that's in the back of your head, because also I would tell myself, I said, you cannot start thinking. Because once you start, I had this, uh, I ran before I went on the plane, like two days before. And I was in the forest. I was running in hills and doing, and I missed that. And I'm literally on the ground there for like 25 minutes. I can't walk. I go, oh, geez. And I, I, two days I'm leaving to Japan to fight. I'm walking in there and I'm in pain, but I guarantee you nobody saw that I was in pain because I figured that if they see me limping, they will go for that, right? So the fight starts. The first thing he does, he shoots a single leg and he puts a, a, to a total, which is an ankle lock, on the right that is injured. It was almost like I was sending out a signal, I'm injured, I'm injured, grabbing my foot. 
I, but it was insane. The first thing he did, he went for it. I got out of it, and I got him in the guillotine joke, so that was okay. But I mean, it's weird because it's almost like you tell me that you have something, and that's what worries me sometimes, you know, because you've been injured and you go, or when you break your hand, I had a 28 minute fight. First punch I throw, break my hand. Now I gotta go, and that fight was 27 and a half minutes. That was that was a long fight, but I submitted it five times, you know, because that was the maximum amount of papers. So it was a different rule set. But you see things like that, those are annoying, but uh, somehow the opponent knows, and I don't know how that's even possible. Yeah, but I, I, I think I think it like this, you know, this is our job, you know. We have to entertain people. We're in the hurt business, so things should happen and can happen. But this is the risk that we're willing to take. That's why I don't like when people booing, you know, because we put our last life at stake uh, for making, you know, people enjoy uh, what we are doing, you know. And um, I think like this, you know, this is when you have a fight, this is war. You have to do what you have to do to eliminate your, your opponent and... And and make also a great show for the fans, you know. So if this is your job, then you have to take something. It isn't always when you go to the when you are uh, uh, like a fireman or a cop or something else. You know, not every day on the job everything is going very well. You understand? So, but you still have to go. So yep. I think it like this, and I take my job very seriously. And if I have an appointment to do that. Then I'm gonna be there, show up on time, be on weight, uh, and if there is a problem, you know, I have to fix this. It's not for for the fans on everything; it's on mine. And yeah. if you do the fight and you lose, don't say afterwards, "But this or that." No, then you, you didn't have to fight. So this is how I think about it, you know, because this is the fighting game, you know. Otherwise, I had to choose something else, go to school. <laughs> you're 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 in a business, and and I get that. You you you're all businessmen. Yeah. And and I, and I wonder. So Gigard and Melvin, you're two of the biggest legends in the game, two of the best fighters the game has ever produced. You both fight for Bellator now, and you know I'm very familiar with Bellator. Maybe not everybody in the world is yet, although it's it's getting that way. But what what is First of all, how do you like Bellator? And what is your thought process at being at Bellator as opposed to being with UFC? Well, uh, for me, you know, uh, you know, I work with Scott at Strikeforce. Uh, Scott is, uh, I consider, he's a friend, to be honest. And um, the UFC, I remember after going from uh, Strikeforce to Bellator, I fought, uh, from Strikeforce to UFC, I fought a couple of fights. And then they were like, okay, uh, this is your contract. It's going to be the same. You sign it or you leave, you know? There was no talking, no nothing. They were like, uh, uh, sign or leave it. Uh, you know, it's a little bit, uh, they're a, little, a lot tougher, you know, especially because, uh, you know, now with Nganu, you had every, a lot of fighters had problems with UFC. It's, uh, it's. So, so, but Bellator treated me well, you know, you can talk to them, uh, it's easier to deal with. Um, uh, Scott is coming from a martial arts background from K1, uh, you know, they have the fighters a little bit higher, I feel. Yeah. And uh, you get more respect, uh, I feel you get uh, paid more what you work. And uh, I think that's the difference between Bellator and UFC. You, you get a better treatment uh, for, uh, for the profession you do, you know, sometimes in UFC... Uh, you feel like not uh, appreciated 
Like, okay, you're not the next guy, you know, because the brand sell itself, you know, everyone wants to be UFC. There, uh, I know guys they want to take less money from a different organization, but just to be in the UFC, yeah. the brand sells itself, so they know it, you know. Um, uh, but at the end of the day, you know, fighters have to take care of their finance because after fighting, the next guy is coming, but you, you, you're gonna have what you're gonna left is your friends' memories and uh, uh, the money you made, you know. So, uh, you know, I, I, I suggest people get smarter a little bit, the fighters, especially. Yep. And you, Melvin? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, for me, I uh, I work with Scott also at Strike Force. Um, and then I went uh, uh, back. I worked with the K1 and Strike Force together. And then we went off. Then I go again with Bellator. And I think that Scott, just what Musashi said, is very, how you say this, very uh, uh, good with the fighters. He. Yep. I, I call him. Uh, he helped me, uh, like also on personal way. Uh, he was there for me. You know, when I had a tough, he was like pushing me, telling me, "Oh, listen, don't give up. You're gonna do this," and uh, help me, give me a way out. You know, so uh, I, I I feel for him, and, and and that's why I also when I'm on that stage, I'm not only fighting for Bellator, I'm just also fighting for Scott and. Because he, he, they gave me my life also. You understand? I have like I'm, I, I'm blessed. I think uh, uh, that we can fight on this big platform, uh, earn money, uh, have a good life. You know. So I, I, I think also that, uh, yeah, that I think that he is one of the best for me promoters that I have ever worked with. You understand? So, and this, this is not like sucking balls or something like this. This is all just like a person. Who, who appreciate a person and 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 tells me also the truth. Eh? It's not that he's gonna because he likes me that he's gonna know. He he tells me to no Melvin, this is not possible and this we cannot do, but we can help you like this, you know. And I think this is like really good, you know, the the person behind behind the sport. So and, and yeah, I, I think this is good for the fighters, just what uh, Musashi yep. said. So yep. for me it's a great organization. The the Scott we're talking about of course is Scott Coker who's yeah. the head of Bellator. And I did message him that you guys are going to be on today. And uh, so I, I've known Scott for probably 20 years. He's yeah, definitely yeah. a friend. And you're right. He, he's a good promoter. He's a very good promoter. But maybe even more importantly, I agree with you, the guy's a good, solid human being. And yeah. that's, that's important in this world. That's so, important, uh, man. That's important. And, that's and it's hard to find him as a promoter to be a good person. What, what? I didn't hear. I, didn't hear I said it's also hard to find a good person that is a promoter. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah it's a hard job, you know. But, but Scott, also the, the the background that he had in martial arts, traditional martial arts, you know, it's like with the karate combat guys. These guys, they get each other's face, and as soon as they step, the whoosh, they both bow to each other. The respect is still there, you know. And you can do that. Everybody can do it, but they actually do it. And I like that. And Scott is the same thing. He's just a very smart guy. Been, brought, been, been, been putting on events for a long time. I mean, 25 years at least, because before he had been striking, right? Just striking instead of big sports slots. So, yeah, always likes got a lot. Smart man. Yeah. And I think he's doing good. And just what uh, Rick said, he is growing. Bellator is growing again. And uh, uh, good fighters are coming up. And, you know, uh, I want to see what's going to happen in a few years, man. I think. I think it's going to be as you says uh, the UFC. Yeah. 
you know, but surely they're getting there. The fighters, the level is crazy. I mean, they have insane fighters. So it's it's not a difference between any other organization. You know, they always yeah. take, put out a name. It's, yeah. The, the, you know, the thing was also with Strikeforce, you know, uh, everyone, because UFC is such a good uh, PR machine, you know, everyone was, uh, oh, UFC, UFC, and then you saw the Strikeforce guys go there, and they all became champion, Luke Rockhold, DC, uh, Verdum, uh, you had Alistair, you know, it just, uh, sometimes the brand is so big, and that's uh, different uh, promotion, they don't, uh, the fight is there, they don't get the credit that they deserve, you know, they're... Yeah. Uh, equal or even better, you know, but it's just the UFC brand, you know, the, it's the, the it's so big, they promote it better. And how's the, the, the what is it, the sponsorship? You know, for you guys, it's going to be good, right? Because you have your own sponsors. You know, the thing was uh, before, it was good, uh, even in the UFC, but they killed it with the Reebok deal and now with the Venom thing, you know. All the sponsorship has gone because people don't want to sponsor anymore. So yeah, a lot of sponsor, even in Bellator, the, the the old sponsors that you could get, they're not there. Just because oh. UFC killed the sponsorship deals, you know, oh, and especially no. with the I feel that's my opinion uh, with the Venom and then now uh, with the Reebok, uh, with the previous Reebok deal. So a lot of sponsor uh, left. So uh, also a thing that uh, that was a thing that fighters would make a lot of. Money. With the sponsorship, but even that UFC cut them off. I mean, uh, how greedy can you be? I, okay, I don't want to bash on UFC. UFC, they're doing great things, but you know, it's just uh, you already making so much money. I feel a little them. bad blood here, man. No, I no, no, no. You, listen, uh, UFC. I'm not to try to do it. No, no. No, no. You have to give me I'm opportunities. Uh, I'm here I'm because joking. of uh, where I am. But I mean, like uh, the sponsorship, they could have just let the fighters earn a little bit extra money. But even that, they cut off. You know, it's a, I feel a little bit greedy, you know. Uh, that's the yeah. one small thing that fighters still make, and you take it from them. And then Reebok pay you $5,000. I mean, yeah. uh, what's that? What's that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I heard the lead guy, the like the main event guy, big superstar, yeah. like 60000 or $40,000. Yeah, if you're a champion, yeah. 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 But I mean, that's compared to normal... You know. It used to be two hundred thousand. I hear like the fighters they would make two hundred fifty thousand if there were main event uh, in UFC sponsorships. You know. Yeah. So that's the, that's those, those are small things that I see. Bellator does better. They're more human. You know, like they don't try to uh, just grab every penny. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I didn't work with the UFC, so I cannot talk about that. You know, I know for about the sponsor deals. Uh, what do you say? Um, but yeah, in in Bellator we can still get some sponsors uh, uh, for yourself. You know, it's you can do it still. But yeah, you're right. It is not like before. Before there were like shitload of sponsors were willing to be on your banner, and 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 the moment now that is not. But maybe it's also the market. I don't know what it is, but yeah. it could be also like that. But you know. I wait for big ones. I wait for McDonald's and, 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 and Nike and those guys, you know, they should wake up and say, hey, give a sponsorship because yeah. those, those are what we want. You, yeah, you had boss, those guys. You know. Oh, sorry. You had those guys with, uh, with the Brazilian fighters, Gillette, Nike. Uh, yes. They would sponsor uh, the banks who were sponsoring uh, Shogun and Pito Belfort, you know, but uh, they took it away. Yeah. Oh, shit. I didn't know that. And the boss, yeah, the boss, that, 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 and you know, I, 
I'm actively in touch with both organizations. I have, not because it sounds political, but I happen to like and respect both organizations for different reasons. And I know that UFC, you know, Bellator bought by Viacom, as you know, one of the biggest media companies in the world. Yeah. UFC owned by um, by William Morris Entertainment, obviously, William Morris Endeavor. And I, I happen to know that both organizations are close to bringing in, boss, exactly the types of sponsors that you're talking about. Coca-Cola's, the Nikes. So I think we're about to see the game really elevate even another level still, which is amazing. And I'm confident that it, there's, I know this might sound overly um, optimistic, but I'm confident it's going to filter down to the fighters and the fighters are going to share in the rewards. I, I'm, I'm hopeful and optimistic that there's going to be more parity in the fighters being paid what they should. And it feels yeah. to me like both organizations are, are making a move toward that. So let's hope so. That's hope so. Yep. Indeed. So how, how many times a week, uh, Melvin, do you still train? Um, I train, I train, I train now. I, I just started again, you know, so uh, because I was like in the in the time that uh, the gyms were closed, you know, I have my own gym. And um, yeah, the thing what you're going to do is, yeah, you're going to start eating because uh, the Corona has like the COVID had like, yeah. Uh, a little bit of an impact. Um, so now, and I have like still one fight on the contract, so I don't know when it's going to happen, but I just started training and uh, we're going to see what's going to happen. It's going to be soon, I think, that I'm going to have like the last fight of the contract of Bellator. So, nice. so and I'm training now every day, every day, uh, sometimes two times, uh, three times, you know, whenever I like to, uh, but as much as possible. Because I I was like really out of shape. <laughs> and you Gerard, how many times? I I used to train ten times a week. Well, I, I used to train ten, uh, ten, eleven times a week. Uh, but uh, nowadays I'm a little bit older, so I, I can you know. Older. Uh, last, the last two weeks before a fight, I go one time a day. You know. Uh, yeah. I give my body a bit more rest. But the problem is I fought two times in the last two years. So it's difficult yeah. to get in shape and stay in yeah. shape. And, yeah. uh, but uh, I feel better than ever, to be honest. Uh, today, uh, I, I can honestly say I never felt stronger. My, my friend told me today. So I think the best is yet to come. Nice. You do really good, man. I mean, there's only one loss in your last, what, 11 or 12 or something? Yeah. No, no, very cool. Yeah, it's a it's a big direction change, but I want to ask you and Melvin and Gagard, and I, I want to bring Butterbean into this also. Bean, so jump in on. I I, I miss you on the show today, Bean. It's got, that's Bean. Bean is our big personality, so I'm hoping to pull him into this. But I, I want to know, boss, you're back home in Holland now, and yeah. Melvin and Gagard, you guys live there. What? How does it feel there? I, li I live in Hawaii, which you think is paradise. And walking around the streets where I live, people are like very noticeably uptight. They're angry. This is not a political question, but it's, it's more, how does it feel in Holland now? Um, you know, I think of Holland, I think of happy and joyful. And how is it there these days? What does the world feel like? Well, for me, it's, uh, you know, like restaurants, you're going to need a QR code. You need proof of vaccination. Otherwise, you can't go into a restaurant. You know, they, thankfully, they, this week, I believe they opened it up again because they were closed again last week. Right, you guys? Yes. 
Yeah, so no, I, thankfully I had that, you know, uh, that, that that's open because I was a little bit worried, you know, can I come in? I didn't do a vaccination. I had rheumatic fever when I was a kid. So that means it affects the heart. And I already have a leaking heart valve. And my doctor goes, yeah, you can't go in. I want to take the shot. And she goes, you should never take the shot. You know, it's dangerous with your condition. So, you know, I go like, oh, I hope I can come in. But at least we can go into the supermarkets and stuff like that. So I can still buy stuff. But then uh, not going out, that's that's okay. Yo, I think I think it's like... I think it's like um, in Holland, these people are like, uh, how do you say this? Uh, it, it, it takes too long, you know? Uh, all the rules, all the things that you have to, um, uh, you have to follow. And, and, and I think the people are getting bored of it. And it's not like, it is not like nice, you understand? Um, so I think uh, people are like a little bit irritated. Uh, don't follow up everything anymore, but you know, uh you can feel that a little bit and that they are fed up and they want to get their lives back you know yep i can understand it but i think that's in all over the world you know if yeah. people are gonna say you have to shut down uh the business you know i work very hard for my business and people are gonna say okay yeah you cannot i was closed for maybe like one year and all my 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 students and my 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 members you know yeah, what you have to say uh, to them, you know, they're paying money. Uh, yeah, it, it was a hard time. So I can understand that everybody's a little bit, everybody's a little bit irritated now uh, on this. And yeah, they want to end of it. But yep. in the end, it's going to come. Everything is going to come uh, okay, I think. It has to. Are you okay, guy? Well, you know, uh, you know, I got vaccinated. I got the booster. Uh, you know the you know in general Dutch people they listen what the government says you know but yeah. uh, first they promise well if it's eighty percent vaccinated we can back uh, go back to normal and then everyone was vaccinated and they were blaming the fifteen percent that wasn't vaccinated and um, you know the eventually people listen people still listen if they say yes it's a lockdown everyone stays at home uh, but um, you know government is always also not honest with with the with their uh, citizen you know I, i've 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 heard other you know some people had bad reaction to the vaccine but if there's one small bad news about the vaccination that someone got ill they uh, they take it out of the news you know what i mean they don't want you to even talk about it because yeah. uh, it's uh, oh no the people are gonna be uh, hesitant to take the vaccine so even the governments are not even holland is honest the actual government is pretty honest but still they're not 100 percent honest with you and uh, uh i think people are uh, still uh, following the rules if they have to but uh, i think it's enough you know after two years uh, people that don't want to get vaccinated just leave them alone open things up and uh, let people live yeah hey Gilgar, melvin have you guys seen butterbean fight before of course yeah. yes also on Jackass, I, oh, who can forget that? <laughs> yeah. Like it short. Yeah. Do, do, you, do you guys have any questions for Butterbean? Well, um, let me think. That's a good he, one. I always have a million uh, questions for him, but I'll bet you guys have a couple. Yeah, he was always walking forward, you know, and he'll fight like heavy guys also, like very big ones. So, well, I didn't have eyes in the back of my head, so I had to keep going forward. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I, I like him, man. So I, I was like always like 
going forward to the big guys. I, was it like a, a, a sumo wrestler, a wrestler or something like that? You fought, uh, I don't know. It was like a very big, big guy, very big. I don't know. That fight, uh, I don't know what his name was. Oh, there was um the guy in uh, the last Pride show. He fought Zulu Zinho. Yes, yeah, Zulu, he was a big Zulu, guy. Yes, Zulu. Yeah, and, and he's, I was and he's injuries. I fought Zulu with a broken hand, broken a week prior, a bad break. Ah, you see, you see, okay. Nice. Fighting, you're, you're a fighter. You fight them. There's no fighter that hasn't fought injured. No. Yeah. Yeah. And and we love our buddy, and we love we respect our buddy, you know, but it's. It's a way of life, I think. Yeah, it, it's a really way of life. My question would be, uh, Mister, uh, did you always uh, uh, were you close to a title fight, or were like uh, inspiration uh, to get to a title fight, or was it more I fight anybody just to you know to well, you to know, make I earning. in boxing they actually made a a division for me by myself, you know, my, uh, a title kind of for me. Yeah, I held three different titles in boxing. Uh, I won the Elite One MMA title in Canada. Ah, okay. Nice. I was actually the first fighter to ever hold a boxing title and an MMA fight a title. Uh, and right. what, was, what was the limit in boxing? Because I, I, I didn't know that there was a limit in boxing. Like There's not no limit in boxing, weight-wise. No limit. Okay. okay. Nice. Super okay. heavyweight. Yeah, super heavyweight. Super heavy. Super heavy. And I always heavyweight every, every time. Always make weight. <laughs> okay. And what is so, going to happen in the reality show? With your, what what they going to do in that? Because well, it's, it's more of a, a try to get back to, to being able to do things again. Like right now, I'm having real bad hip problems, and, and my joints are not working right. And uh, and hopefully I get up and get, you know, get to walking again on a normal pace. Okay. Maybe the jogging. Is it because of uh, years of training? Because of uh... yeah, so many fights, and, and I've had a lot of hip problems and uh, just injury after injury. But also in boxing, uh, do you always like the weight that you were fighting, or were you trying to uh, come a little bit down, or you were just fighting? No, I, I wanted to stay around 300, 300 to 50, 350, somewhere in there. 350 same pounds? As, same as when I fought MMA. Oh, 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 oh. I, fought, I fought up to 450 pounds. <laughs> in Wow, yeah. yeah. What, what are you doing now, Eric? You lost how many pounds? Heavy. Huh? What did you that's say, boss? How, how, how much do you weigh now? You lost a lot of weight, right? Yeah, like I was over over five. But right now, I'm at 365 right now. It's over 500 pounds. Yeah, right now, I'm at 365. That's a scary butterbean. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's really heavy. Huh? Wow. But hopefully, the the reality show will help me a lot with the uh, mobility more than the weight loss. The weight loss is coming down. I'm losing weight. I'm losing about five pounds a week right now. Yeah. Um, you lost the bed. Everything really close. But is it is it difficult to lose weight because of the hip? Also, it's uh, I mean it's very not, difficult because you've always very, been very an difficult. athlete. So uh, I, I can imagine weight, losing weight is not that difficult, but because of a health issue, it's difficult. Very difficult. I've always had a problem losing weight. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're about to see. I, I was one time I was talking to the Atlantic Commission, I don't remember where it was, and they talked about the week before that uh, Eric 
was uh, fighting there. And somebody started laughing. He said, how did he pass the, the medical test? Like his blood. And then the guy looked at him and he says, actually, from all the fighters, his blood results were the best. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I remember that back in L.A. when um, we had Butterbean booked to fight uh, Tank Abbott um, in a main event in an arena, and Tank yeah. was having trouble with his physicals. And Bean, I think you were about 400 pounds at that time, and yeah. the, the doctor and the nurse said, that's one of the best physicals we've ever done. They were, like, amazed with what great shape he was, heart rate and everything else. That was pretty cool. Okay, nice. Very nice. Uh, so what what else, boss? You're you're in Holland. You're back in the you back home next week. I'll back home next week. Yeah. So tomorrow I got to do a PCR test. Close by here, so we have to have that twenty four hours before you fly out. And that's it. I'm just gonna go and uh, relax. Go back home. That jet lag is an easy jet lag always, you know, because you wake up, you go to sleep early, you wake up early. And I wake up at five anyway, always. So I have a lot of day for myself. Uh, so that won't be a problem. The, the problem always is coming here. From like coming from Holland to Japan is the worst jet lag. That's the same jet lag yeah. as America yeah. too. Nighttime is daytime for you. So seven o'clock in the morning, you're all night awake. That's eleven o'clock at night. Yeah. So you, you can't sleep. You know you're right away. You don't take sleeping pills because it might affect your mind. You know when you're fighting, so you just lay in bed, and, uh, and that's it. But then you go back. That's a nice jet lag. You guys going to America, I assume, that's a really fun jet lag, right? You sleep early, wake up early. I, I sleep at 4 or 5 in the morning. Every time I go to America, 12 o'clock at night I sleep. I Because in Holland I can't sleep because I train at 8 o'clock to almost 9, 10 at night. And then I'm awake all night because uh, my brain is, uh, you know, uh, too active. But uh, So I sleep late around 5 in the morning and then I go to U.S., Never have a problem, but yeah. now I fight in Ireland. I have to adjust my uh, sleeping time because <laughs> I have to wake up to do uh, what is it, media stuff. So yeah. it's, it's not gonna work out for me. Actually, I, in Europe, fighting is worse for me than in uh, US. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's really weird. Yeah. <laughs> in the when I fight in the US, I have always problem, man. So oh, yeah, really, yeah, I like to fight in Europe better. Yeah, for me. Because I sleep every time, you know. I can sleep every time. After training, I sleep everywhere. <laughs> so, and but for you guys, Japan also bad, I guess, right? Same as for me. What? The, the time yeah, zone in Japan is, yeah, Japan is bad. Japan is really hard. Japan is really hard, you know. But still, uh, the, Japan is like, yeah, I, I went there so many times. It was like a very good atmosphere when the fighting you know it's like real fighting culture you know so you know you you will take that kind of jet lag for for the experience uh yeah. you know so i think so so guys back back in your earlier days of japan uh Gagard and melvin do you guys get any uh any good ropungi time in <laughs> yeah, got, gotta ask, man. We got I, we gotta have like one crazy story from Rapungi before we go today, please. I, I let Melvin start because he fought a lot more in Japan, so yeah. But you know, I didn't have like really crazy story in Rapungi. The only thing yeah. is that you know when we are going there, we just like after the fight, you know, get something to drink and watch watch like every people there because. You know, in Rupongi, everybody's like, 
really drunk, man. You saw like, <laughs> yeah, a lot of crazy stuff. But in, in that time that I was like, sometimes I was fighting, it was like, I was just like a machine. Sometimes I have to get like more, um, how you say this? After the fight, taking my time off, enjoy. But I was like, okay, when can I fight again? Okay, okay, no, I don't have to be drunk. I don't get to do this. I don't get to, okay, I want to fight again, you know? And, yeah. and that was, yeah, that was really, uh, and at the end, it's, it's a good thing, but also it's nice to have like some, you know, memories, building up memories, you know? And uh, yeah, so I didn't do that a lot in Rapongi, but I heard like, good stories about boss and everybody you know so i know the boss can tell you a lot of good stories i think no, crazy yeah? with freedom arts and everybody man i heard so many stories it was nice for them, i have I a question rick how come every time you ask a japanese fighter about rapungi they start with a smile before they say anything <laughs> it explodes at five in the morning but then there's after party they go everywhere so yeah. and everybody's there like every foreigner will be there and all the yeah. bars the fun bars everybody's uh, not but you know there's not, not a lot of fighting not a lot. if there's fighting it's always for us it's yeah. never been the japanese people well, I, I have a story. I was uh, I had a fight. I won, and then uh, we were out uh, celebrating. We were drunk, and uh, I was with my friend uh, Yopi. Yopi, and uh, Dutch people are usually, uh, you know, very chill. But uh, when they're crazy, you have those crazy guys. And so he went. We lost him. He crossed the road. We lost him, and then he ended up in like a massage uh, saloon, you know, with the Koreans because Japanese they don't give massages, and then. And then uh, he said, I was late, later, he come uh, to my hotel all bruised up, everywhere. He, uh, he said, uh, I went there uh, at the massage uh, salon. He said, I put my uh, pants uh, below the hole where you can uh, put your head to. He said, and then I saw some girl take my uh, pants and with my wallet in it. He thought they're going to steal him. Yeah. So he jumps out, punch the girl or something like that. Yeah. And then... The other girls, they come after, it was all with curtains. They pull out the curtains. He said, I was fighting three, four, four girls. And <laughs> one of them came with a base bat. And they were hitting on him. And this other client was also fighting him. And then uh, he said, all I could do is grab my pants. He left uh, the massage uh, place. And then he came all bruised up. And then he came to my room. He was holding the belt. And he was like, uh, I also fought. I won. You know? So, uh, you have those things uh, that happened there, you know? But uh, yeah, he had, a, he had a good fight with uh, some uh, Korean girls, I think. Dude, I had a funny story. So I'm getting a massage in the Shintakanama, in the, in the, 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 the Tokyo Hilton. For pride, you know, the badass hotel was best breakfast, right? It was really good always. And I'm getting this massage, and she goes to my legs and she starts massaging my calves. And suddenly she gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And now it's like she's almost taking her freaking fingers through my skin, you know, like I go, shit. And I had this little towel on my face, I pull it off, and it's Big Daddy Goodrich. <laughs> and he said to the girl, Shh, and he started going really hard on me, dude. I was freaking out seeing the big freaking guy standing there. Yeah. Yeah, this is my show. 
Gary Goodridge, yeah. he's he's uh, dealing with a lot of problems now, right? Gary Goodridge, you heard about him, right? He got hit. He's, he's getting a little better right now. I, I've talked to him not long ago. He's he's, he's actually got he's got his driver's license back. Oh, okay. wow. that's good to hear. That's good to hear because I like that guy. The whole family, Susie, his sister. I mean, yep. great I always have fun with that guy. And the first good time, good people. The first time I fought in the UFC. Oh, no, I didn't fight yet. I came there as a guest. That was just before my show that I had to fight. UFC 17, and he was fighting on that card. And I was standing with Bob Marowitz, the old owner. And he comes, and I want to say hi to him. And he, and he goes, fuck, do it to me. And I go, and right away, I want to go in. And Bob Marowitz stopped me. He says, no, no, wait till he's behind the curtain. And as soon as he's behind the curtain, I sprint to the curtain because I want to go. And while I run in, he was already standing there. Ah, I got you. He started laughing. You know, so Why would you do that? You know, I was always going to full attack. But they're holding me back. But again, he's a jokester. You know, he's just yeah. uh, has, has, has fun with people. And boy, did it work. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> and and I, I, I can remember a time that I was like just uh, with Gary Goodrich. And we fought on the same card. And then he lost his fight. And I was just like coming and fighting in, in Japan. And he lost his fight. And he was like, after the fight, we were in the bus, and he was laughing and this and that and making fun. And then I said uh, to to Gary, "Yo, but you just lost, man. How can you laugh? What's wrong with you? You understand?" And he said to me, "Listen, my man, you know you're very young now at the moment, and in the time you will think about differently about some things, you know. And uh, now I remember what he." He means by that, you understand? Yep. Because, you know, when you are like very young, you have like your testosterone, your ego is like this big, you know, you don't want to lose, you don't, you have like a whole other perspective of the fighting game and the fighting business, you know, and afterward now, I understand what he means, you know? So, yeah, I, I, I the words that he gave me like were put in my head and uh, yeah, it helped me sometimes, it helped me a lot. Life, so, life just sometimes humble you. You know, it's uh, when you're younger, yeah. everything is going well. It's uh, it's all fighting, and then some things happen to your life. You know, accidents, uh, health, family issues. You know, and then um, that's the story behind a lot of people. Also, fighters. You know, they just see people fight. But um, before, I, if I would lose, you know, it would be end of the world. But now I'm like, if I lose, I don't feel bad anymore. It's still. If I fight Saturday, the next Sunday, it's still a Sunday. Yeah. You know, you, you go to life so many difficult things that after a certain age, you mature and you're like, it's just a fight. But when you're younger, like Melvin says, it's it's, uh, it's all about fighting. Your, your ego, your, uh, you know, your... I, never, I, I was never done. I was always didn't care. I knew that, okay, it means I'm going to have to work harder. But I was always... No, no, man. no really not. If I lost the fight, boss... I was like five days, six days, I was off. Couldn't do nothing. Sometimes I was like, really, like, it was really heavy with me, guys, that I, I wanted to drive my car through the wall, you know? I wanted to kill myself, man. It was like very wow. heavy. Yeah, wow. man. I had like, I had like, with losses, I had like, yeah, a lot of problems, man. And wow. I had some losses, you know? I have like little losses, but all the losses that I have, except of Musashi, I think, <laughs> I beat I beat everybody up, man. Really, man. All us that I have, you know. The, the, yeah. So, 
uh, at that time, like very hard when I had a loss, man. So that's why I know I couldn't laugh at the moment, but now I can understand what you said, man. Now it's yeah. for me. A loss is a loss, and yeah, we have to keep on going, moving forward, you know. That's life, you know. So, yeah. so, so guys, I know um, we're getting the word we have to wrap up pretty soon, but I question yeah. for, for you too about right on this subject. So you both, you both aged, you've matured, you're still active fighting though. What's What's the end goal? I mean, there's a lot more to life than fighting, as you've said. But in fighting, what, what do you see being the, the end capper for your career? Mm. Well, for me, it's like doing something, you know, uh, at the end, I, I started this, this, this fighting business. I started because... Uh, at the time, I broke my leg and I didn't have nothing, you know, and I was like, we lose cannon. And fighting gave me a life, gave me a purpose. Uh, it helped me a lot. It kept me off the street, you know. It brings me respect. It brings me, like, uh, discipline, uh, structure in life, you know. This is what it does to me. And in the end, that I can touch people with the things that I do or what I do, that's very important. And I think that... Uh, the only thing what I can do in the end game of my career is that I'm in the big, I'm in this game and I love the game very much. That's why I'm promoting and everything. So the only thing what I want to do in the fighting game is um, uh, helping people out, you know, after a while that if we have like, some people start with no money and they get like, they get their career and after that, it's again they fall down and they have nothing anymore you know i think i want to do there something for that yeah build the the, the sport in the fighting uh, mm -hmm. i want to build it much further than it is now you know for me for myself mm -hmm. there's some personal goal what i think and that people can get like an example out of me uh later on what i have done for the sport i think this is for me uh, uh the thing that i want to do in the sport man it's a great way to leave a legacy behind and bless yeah yeah you don't have to be i think the legacy for me is not that i have to be like the greatest fighter of all time but that i can say that yo there is something i know there is something that we can change and that uh more fighters can have like more successes than uh the only top level guys this is the thing that i think we should do well, you know, I, when I started fighting, you know, I was a shy guy. I couldn't get girls. So, you know, I thought, well, fighting was a way to to be somebody, to be honest, to make some living, to be somebody, travel the world. So I did that. Uh, now I, I made the, I'm making a good living, you know, at, uh, at this stage of my career. It's still, I still want to achieve some goals. You know, you, you want to be like double champ. You want to yeah. do things. When you retire, you can say you still, you know, that's the sportsman in you. But at the end of the day, I still uh, fight for the for the money, at least. You know, I'm taking care of my uh, some friends. Uh, I'm taking care of uh, my family. It's just providing a better life for them, for myself. Uh, so it's uh, you know a, a lot of fighters. That's that's the thing. You know, you, you fight to beat beat somebody. You know, uh, like I wasn't good at school. So that's that's a little bit a lot of fighters. The boss knows, uh, Mr. Eric knows, uh, Melvin. You know, it gives you a way out to be somebody. It, it gives you uh, to make some good money if it's possible. 
And uh, at the end of the day, it's just now taking care of my friends and family uh, at this point. And um, to uh, still uh, achieve some goals, you know, I still want to be uh, retired after another five, six wins, you know. That would be something uh, that, that's, you know, you don't want to lose. So it's not just money. Uh, that's, that's the thing, you know. Yeah. This was something you said, but because that was going to be my question. You want to fight like a middleweight now, Chad, but if you would fight for another weight class, would it be up or down? Up, probably, right? Yeah, you know, they want me to fight at least one time in lighter way, but I could make wealth away. I have to die, but I can make it. Uh, you know, that's the thing. I like, uh, I could make it. I know it's not worth it, but it's more in my head. I'm like, oh, I could be wealth away. I've been middleweight champion. I've been light heavyweight champion. So, so it's more the just to say I did that. Yeah. yeah so yeah. then, 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 yeah. then, then make then make something new with nobody has done. Yeah, make, you know that's the make that's triple important. champ. So <laughs> you're gonna go first to then you're gonna go first to how you Then you go to well. Yeah. No, I've been I've been light heavyweight champion. I've been middleweight champion. But the, it's champion. one organization. Yeah, it's for strike force, different but so but let's say if I would have done uh, welterweight also, you know, I can say who you know, I would be one of the few guys. Who do, you think like gonna, who do you who do you think is gonna win? Corey Anderson of Nemkov. Uh Nemkov uh, probably a little bit better. Nemkov? Okay. Yeah, I think he, he's on a roll, you know. Just, yeah, okay. Yeah, so yeah. but uh, could you I don't beat, know. Could you beat Nemkov? Could you beat Nemkov? It's going to be tough, you know. You know, I don't have the weight. But uh, I just, like I said, if I go, if I just switch it on just to go crazy fights, I could win, you know. But it's not easy because I'm, I'm, I don't feel I'm a big middleweight, let alone fight those Yeah, but, two. you know, I'm going to say something. With all the respect to uh, Corey Anderson or something, uh, uh, I fought him, but... Uh, I I I can you know I can relate power and strangeness for people that I have fought you know, but I I have like guys who were like stronger or feeling stronger when they punch me in the face you know or something like this on the ground, uh, you know. So I think you would do good in light heavyweight. Yeah, hundred percent. I, 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 I you know, but it's just giving a lot of advantages away, you know. Uh, if they're wrestlers, I'm not the wrestler. They they take you down, hold you. It's and then I give you the strength and the weight advantage. It's just at this stage of my career is no point. You know, I fought I fought Mark Hunt, I fought K1 fight. I'm not a heavyweight, but back yeah. then I needed the money. They said come fight. Okay, <laughs> you pay me, I come. But now at this yeah. stage, I'm like, well, maybe not. Uh, I don't feel like it. <laughs> but this, this 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 was my trigger always in the fight. You know, I was like very light and i was fighting like very big guys yeah. that was my main goal i said yes man i like it you know because i was always asking think do i can i can i do it can i do it okay we're gonna try you know yeah. this is how the i think already the problem is you know if you go you lose like mayweather he's so smart about fighting when who is he fighting and uh, you know you have to be also smart because, but now let's say I go fight the world, uh, like heavyweight, I lose, they're gonna come talk shit about me. Oh, it's not, yeah, that but, oh, it's but this, if, you win, that. if you win, they're gonna talk shit also. So, yeah, it you put matter, it you on know? the line, and then uh, 
I'm, I'm you know, at Listen. this stage it's not worth it. But I'm gonna do yeah, it. Yeah, anyway. but it's <laughs> it's not good. How I think about this, it's not good about a lot of things because when I lose, they say I'm old. When I win, they say you don't have to stop. You know, it's always something. You know, there's so, always something. Yeah. So, so there's always something. This, so you better do what you want to do, and that's what I'm doing. <laughs> I do what what I want to do, and uh, you know, if the people who like me and follow me, they they're gonna cheer me up, and the people who don't, yeah, man, I'm sorry, but you have to still live it. <laughs> you have to still live with me. <laughs> so, okay, guys. I think that's a perfect endpoint, boss. Do you want to uh, you want to take us home for the evening, my friend? You know, I don't know. Um, you know it's it, it, it's it's. We like the show. We started in the opening of the show. We just started it as uh, as talking among each other, and then we just said one day, "Hey, shall we put it on?" And I felt this was one of these conversations. We can we can have this in the in the in the living room with somebody and just putting the chat. That that's what I enjoy with conversations like this. You know, you could. Go back in the old time, you know, the times where we've been and we all fought in Japan and the feelings and the fighting heavier guys and fighting out of no weight class. I mean, the first time I, I fought out on the day of the, of the fight that it was no weight class. I mean, I was 28 or 35 pounds heavier. And, you know, you go like, shit, now, well, how many rounds are you fighting? Oh, just one round. That's all oh, great. How many minutes? 30. I go, oh, <laughs> so all that stuff, you know, it's, it's fun to hear from them as well. Because, uh, yeah, we've all been there, you know, and Eric fought in Japan. I mean, he fought everywhere. Like we always said, I met Eric a long time ago in Prince George in Canada. This is like 15 years ago or something, yeah, a long time ago. It's the camaraderie, the camaraderie among the fighters. But, you know, even when they talk crap to each other, outside, everybody courteous. Everybody loves each other, you know, because we all go through the same stuff. We all train as hard. We all do the same stuff. And you do respect your opponent for that as well. Yes, of course, you turn it off. On the day of the fight, and afterwards you're drinking, you're drinking with them. You're getting drunk with the same guy. So yeah, thank you guys. Thank you so much. I'm so happy that I've been in Holland actually and talking to two Dutch guys. And I could open uh, by saying Dutch, speaking Dutch to them. It's always nice to do to, to let you guys completely brainwash because you have no clue. As wij Nederlands staan beginnen te praten, hebben ze absoluut geen idee wat we zeggen. Dat deden we ook altijd in Japan, weet je wel. Als je dan net als geen praat in de rest keek je aan, oké, okay, wat zijn jullie? Ja. Geweldig. Ja, ja. Nou, het was leuk, man. Ja. Dank je wel. Thank you guys for having me. Thank you guys Thank for you. having us on the show. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Let me tell you something you already know. The world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It's a very mean and nasty place, and I don't care how tough you are, it will beat you to your knees and keep you there permanently if you let it. You, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. Now, if you know what you're worth, now go out and get what you're worth. But you got to be willing to take the hits and not pointing fingers saying you ain't where you want to be because of him or her or anybody. Cowards do that and that ain't you. You're better than that.